Hey, welcome back to the Infamous Podcast. This is Brian. This is Daryl. This is episode 281, The Best Star Spangly Man. We are in the Geek Cave. Nerd Den. Nerd Den. The Nerd Den Studio. I was going to say Nerd Den, but yeah. It's the, it's the Nerd Den Studio, live and uh, in charge. We have our, our special guest who's laying at your feet right now. So, which I guess is better than what she was 30 seconds ago yeah. up in your face. Yeah. So, uh, Toph, she might bark. I don't know. Um, my wife and daughter are at Disney World right now, so I'm leaving the door open to the studio so that she feels like she's not left all alone for two hours. <laughs> um, anyway, hey, so we've got a bunch of stuff to talk about this week. We're obviously going to be talking about uh, Superman and Lois, which is going on hiatus after this week <laughs> until May. Uh, talking uh, non-spoiler kind of summary of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And then if you want to hear our commentary track on it, go sign up on Patreon. Uh, thank you, Matt and Jess, for being patrons. Um, does Jess listen? Yes. So, Jess, I hope you enjoy the, the, the special gift that I got for you. So, Suri's having trouble hearing us. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, but so we've got, for News Bites, we've got some Suicide Squad stuff, Marvel Comics, actual comics uh, news, which is, is really, I think, is a good thing. Um, Black Widow news and uh, Batwoman's, <laughs> I guess is the only way to put it, and uh, some Avengers rumors. Yeah. I think, I think that's the... Uh, the best way to look at that but hopping right into it um the suicide squad released a new second trailer and there was a red band version and i don't know about you but if there's a red band version of the trailer that's the one i watch oh yeah i don't even touch the other one every time it's like and i actually seek out it's like there's a new trailer for whatever kind of movie it's like i'm gonna, I'm gonna go look for a red, red band trailer oh quick aside we're going to do a special episode later in the week about the first three episodes of Invincible on Amazon Prime, which just dropped. Um, I have lots of thoughts. and I will have thoughts, lots of thoughts, too, after I finish the yes. second so, and third episode. Anyway, uh, so that, that'll be coming later in the week, if, if anybody was wondering. But Suicide Squad. So this trailer came out. Um, I'm not quite sure how this got a sequel. Yeah. Okay. So when I talk about the Suicide Squad, I liken it to movies like The Last Jedi, for me at least, The Last Jedi and Justice League, the Justice League, in the sense that when I saw saw them in the theater, I thought they were middling okay. But the more I thought about it, the more I disliked. And that's exactly what happened with the original Suicide Squad. Right. I I do not like that movie. I mean, I kind of feel like the Suicide <coughs> Squad sequel, sequel was uh, Birds of Prey, the emancipation of the fantabulous, egg-sandwich-loving, Joker-hating Harley Quinn. Yes, with her hyena pet. Well, his name was Bruce. Bruce, so, yes. But I forgot his name. Yeah, anyway. I like uh, Bruce. <laughs> yeah, Bruce was – he was a good hyena. Yes. Um. But yeah, so I don't know. I, there's something weird going on with um, Idris Elba's Bloodsport character. 
and I don't even know who he was talking to because I was only half paying attention. I actually fell asleep watching it. <laughs> the trailer. <laughs> yeah, so... I was sitting right there in that comfy chair, and I put it on on the tablet, and then completely like woke up two minutes later and it was over so i will tell you did you ever watch the trailer for the it was the teaser trailer for, for that suicide squad game a couple yeah yeah we we talked about yeah it. So, so that looked really that interesting. was cool that was cool when they try and kill superman yeah yeah i want to see that more than i want to see this I don't even want that to be a game. I just want them to make an animated movie. Oh, absolutely. You see yes. those animatics off of that. Yeah. That would oh, 100%. Be, that would be great. Um, But, yeah, so, I mean, I, I don't think there's a whole lot to talk about. Yeah. Like, it comes out at some point on HBO Max, and, you know, it'll the, be a thing. The, yeah, the thing I'll say about it is that I was not impressed by the trailer for one bit, but... I do trust James Gunn. Yes. Yeah. Um, Toph wants to speak. What, Toph, what, what, you, what, what you is your think? thoughts on the trailer? <laughs> <laughs> so, Keep talking. Yeah. I I trust James Gunn, and I, so I'm hoping that he delivers with the movie because, again, the trailer was just not impressive for me. I did like some of the moments with King Shark. Well, when he was eating the guy. Yeah, that, that was, was pretty, pretty funny. funny. But... Um, yeah, but I mean, other than that, like Joel Kinnaman running around like a unicorn shirt or whatever he was wearing, it's like one, I don't like him anyway. Yeah. And, and two, it's like, I don't know, if he, not. if he dies a gruesome death, Brian, you're just going to rewind it about a dozen times. No, aren't you? cause I'm not, I don't like hate him. I just don't like him as an actor. Yeah. And you don't like, like his character. You're, you're going to, well, maybe not a dozen, probably. Yeah. Half dozen. I mean, Rick flag is a really cool character. And, you know, if it was any other actor playing him, I'd be all right with it. But, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, Suicide Squad, it's coming out at some point. Yeah, I don't even know when. Maybe August. This year. Who knows? On Who knows? HBO Max. Um, so, yeah, moving on. Marvel Comics actually made some groundbreaking news. And it's really funny because they announced that they're leaving Diamond Publishing. And so if you're not a comic book person... Diamond is the or Diamond Distribution, sorry. Diamond is the distribution center for comics. It's been a mono, it was a monopoly for 25 years until DC left them last summer because they shut down during the two weeks to slow the spread. Um and and basically put all of their customers at risk because there were all these books that had been printed that were ready to go, they just needed to be shipped. And so DC said, you know what? If you're not going to ship the books, we're going to do it with this other company called Luminal. And then um, there was a second company in there that has since decided not to do it. Um, and DC was lambasted. They're like, this is the worst thing that, you know, all that hyperbole. This is the worst thing that's happened to comics. The world may actually end today. Um, you know, uh, the apocalypse is nigh. Uh, <laughs> the end is nigh. Like Rorschach was out as a smelly preacher on the corner, like down with DC. The end is nigh. Anyway, so Marvel announced yesterday that uh, they are going exclusively with Penguin Random House for comics, graphic novels, young adult novels, and floppies, which is individual comic issues. And it has been literally universally praised. <laughs> and it's like really. Um, 
But here's the thing. Um, I think this is good. This this will be good because the Diamond Monopoly has been bad, and and you know, Diamond doesn't care. They don't they don't care about their customers, and so Diamond or Diamond, sorry, Random Hat Pump. Words are hard, Daryl. Penguin Random House. Penguin Random House. Uh, let's just call it PRH. Yeah. Um, PRH is going to ship for free. Uh, each comic book store is getting their sales rep. And then the actual floppy issues of comic books are going to be shipped in, in specific like containers that protect them instead of just cardboard boxes that are. Yeah. We don't have cardboard boxes. Box. Yeah. I mean, like. You and I order toys constantly, and like Walmart will send them in a blister pack. So so does Amazon. It's like you just sent me an exclusive that I'm not going to be get, able to get another one of these, and the the packaging is literally destroyed. Yeah, that's why I've kind of gone with popping. If I'm getting a pop, yeah. it's popping a box because they have a they have the the hard yeah. cardboard box, and right. then they have. Oh, yeah. The stuff around it, and then they have the shipping box. I mean, that's why, like, you go with, like, Big Bad Toy Store as much as you possibly can because you can do the collector's grade shipping mm-hmm. where it's just perfect. Um, but, no, I, I honestly, I think this is a good thing. Now, Diamond isn't going out of business. Like, they're still going to do IDW. They're still going to do Boom, Dynamite, all the little indie publishers. Um, and here's the thing. If you're an independent comic book publisher, now is the time to strike with Diamond because you're going to be able to negotiate a much better rate with them as far as you know what your comic can be sold for um and yeah i you know they're still going to do toys and stuff um wholesalers are still going to be able to get marvel through diamond and things like that but this is good for 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 comic book stores in my opinion um other than the fact that they uh (laughs) they have to order from a second or now a third uh, shipping house but like before diamond there were like two dozen of them that they would have to order from so uh, you know there's three now <laughs> right whoops um but it says here uh prh has made it known that the standard discount rate uh to retailers is 50 percent discount off of marvel products which can be less than the va- uh the variable rate discount based on volume they receive from marvel through diamond so <clears throat> diamond has changed it a few times i know with Lum- luminal with dc like they only get like 20 or 30 percent off mm-hmm. like so i mean this is this is a much better deal um and there was there was there was rumors we talked about this a, a couple months ago there was rumors that uh penguin random house was gonna get dc like they were that dc was gonna like leave and, and and just stop doing comics and penguin was actually gonna facilitate all of that so you know i i don't know i think this is a good thing yeah, for me, you know, it, you know, I'm not into the comic world like you, but anytime you have competition, competition is good because it forces creativity. It forces, like you were saying, Diamond has had a monopoly for 25 plus years yeah. or whatever it is. They're going to be forced to, you know, reevaluate their business practices. And like you said, people coming into the game, it, it's it's a boon for them because they have choices and. You know the prices that we're going to be able to get are going to be probably a lot more conducive or better than it would have been it's a without better margin. Yeah, you know, and, and and you know, Marvel prints so many variant covers now, and you know, you have to buy, you know, a thousand copies of a book to get like certain variant covers, which you could sell for more money, but like not, it doesn't make up for the fact that you'd have it's to buy a thousand, thousand copies right. of that book and 
have 940 of them sit around. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think, like I said, I think this is a good thing and you know, it's, we'll, we'll see. We'll just see how it turns out. Um, so sticking with Marvel moving into black widow, uh, it got pushed back again. So it's July 9th now, maybe. And (laughs) it will get the premium video on demand onto plus, but, It'll be released in the theaters at the same time. This will be the interesting test because I don't think any of the VOD stuff, premium VOD stuff on Disney has done especially well. Yeah. And um, if you're going to open it in the theater at the same time as a $30 price tag, when, you know, the pandemic is essentially over, like most states are, are opening back up. And, you know, by July, I think most of the country will be open up to full capacity. It's greed, 100% greed. And the fact that they pushed it back again, uh, I do not care if I see this movie at this point. So when you the you said the big thing, you said July 9th right now. And I, I've said this to you. I've said this to other people. I used to be extremely excited for this movie. Yeah, she's your girl. Yeah. I will be excited for this movie when I am actually in the seat about to watch it when the credits start. Because I, I I'm... I'm so disgusted by how they've handled this. You know, even then, I don't trust it. Like they're gonna be like, you know what? No, we're... come back next week. You got one more week to go. No, you know what would be it would be a kick in the teeth is if you start watching it 20 minutes in and then just everything fails. Yeah, I'd be like, I'm done. I'm not even watching what comes on. <laughs> I'm done. I'm not buying it. I'm not watching it. I'm throwing all of my Black Widow stuff off a cliff. I'm done. <laughs> done. But yeah, this is absolute greed because. The the whole plan that thirty dollars anyway is it it annoys the hell out of me oh, because yeah. you're paying thirty dollars to basically rent it and if you ever leave Disney Plus you yeah. lose access to that movie correct why would I do that because you can wait a month and buy it on Vudu or iTunes for thirty bucks or whatever it is right and you don't have to pay seven dollars a month for or eight ninety nine a month for Disney now yeah so uh yeah i just i don't know i mean there's not a whole lot to talk about this um but it was newsworthy and especially like i said because natasha's your girl we got yeah. we gotta bring it up yeah I, but yeah again i'm i'm more excited you know what i'm excited for well mortal Kombat in a month or in three weeks and next week kong versus godzilla yeah because you know what i know where they're when they're gonna be out mm-hmm. so Yes, next week and then two weeks after that. Mm-hmm. So, all right, uh, moving on to Batwoman's. So they uh, they're desperate <laughs> to keep this show on the air. Um, like th- there are YouTube channels, not our YouTube channel, because you know you guys aren't doing your job and 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 sharing the YouTube videos, but. There are YouTube channels out there that are not even huge YouTube channels that get more view viewers than Batwoman. And it, it's it's sad. It's really yeah. sad. Um, but they have brought in Wallace Day uh, to take over as Kate Kane, um, which correct me if I'm wrong. But at some point, didn't they find like Kate Kane's like. I thought they found her like body parts. Quartz. Yeah. Yeah. They found like an arm and like a couple toes and. You know, maybe a nipple. I don't know. Um, but so she is uh, Wallace Day. I, I, I'm assuming that's how you say it. I haven't 
seen anybody pronounce it any other way. It's W A L L I S. So uh, she's British, so so maybe it's Wallace, Wallace Day. Um, but she was on Krypton. So maybe maybe she's not a one of the Batwomans. Maybe she's a Kryptonian coming into the to the show. Who they, knows? They, maybe that'll save it because that if if you're looking for the definition of a tire fire. <laughs> dumpster fire whatever you want to call it it's batwoman the writers in that show are so bad yeah and again this is i was one of those i actually yes i had to watch what the first 13 episodes or so because i was reviewing it for you know uh, yeah for the other site yeah yeah the first couple episodes it would they were cringy but they weren't terrible and i you know i'm a i like ruby rose I mean, she's not a great actor, but I, I just like her charisma and what she brings. I, I, I used to like Ruby but, Rose. I don't care for her so much anymore. But after episode three, it was a slog to get through yeah. six more, seven more, eight more weeks of that. And it yeah. and, and it's gotten worse since. I I don't watch it, but I'll, I'll – I'll, you know, there are some vid- some people that on, online that actually kind of do the summaries of the mm-hmm. – and it's hilarious to watch. And just the writing is so bad. So so and, bad. Yeah. In this article from The Hollywood Reporter, this is my favorite paragraph in the whole article. To be clear, Kane is no longer Batwoman, who is now played by Javisa Leslie. I think that's how you say her name. Yeah. Uh, the first black actress to play the character in the, a live action drama. Leslie plays Ryan Wilder, who took over the superhero took over the superhero role the second season. Why does that matter? She, what did she say is Javisa Leslie, the second person to play Black Woman or Batwoman in live action. That's that's all you. Have that's to all do. you need. Yeah. Um. You know. Uh. You've got uh. You've got quotes down here. You know, as a lesbian who's working as a writer for the past fifteen years, I'm well aware of the barrier gayest trope. I have no interest. You know, like just all of this. Like, this show is so wrapped up in the identity of these people. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and the, not, not just the identity of the characters, which, you know, is bad enough. Um, but the, the identity of the actors has to, like, match perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I imagine if they, they do introduce Bruce Wayne at some point, they're going to have to find some six four jacked billionaire who's an orphan and watch yeah. his parents die. Because that's the only way that Batman will be accepted yeah. on this show Act- is with an actor. Because I always thought acting was pretending to be someone you're not. Well, you know, I, I think the the way most actors are now, that's even a stretch. Yeah. It so the the quote unquote art of acting has really kind of fallen apart lately. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why a show like and we'll talk about it later, um, show like Soups and Lolo continues to keep its ratings because it doesn't do this shit. Yeah, that I mean, again, people want above all else, good stories. Yeah, that's all we're asking for. And I will say this week's episode of Soups and Lolo kind of meandered a little bit. Mm, yeah, but the cliffhanger it gave us at the end. Yeah, it was well worth the ride to get there. Um, one hundred percent. But no, I like as far as as, as Bat Batwoman's goes. Um, there there's even talk that Ruby Rose is going to come back. Yeah, and and, again, and I don't know if that's rumors of just them trying to get people to watch, but even the first episode with Wallace Day did not do so well. 
So, um, the fact that this show has been picked up for a third season, I don't, I don't think um, there's any way that this, this they they start production on the season three. Here's the thing: is I don't think Warner Brothers likes money. Oh, I don't. I mean, you know, they they do the Justice League, then they do the Snyder Cut, then they just like shit all over the people who liked the Snyder Cut. Of like, which I'm not in that camp, yeah. but like that's still not a good. Okay, thing to how do. bad is that for business? Is when you release something that min- millions of fans have wanted for three years, tens of fans, millions of fans have wanted for three years, or is it three years? Maybe four years. 2017, my friend. Jeez, man, time goes by. That that have wanted that for years, and again, not everybody's going to like it. Obviously, no movie's going to be like that, but many people liked it enough to you know make videos about it and all this and then you don't even go a week you don't even let it simmer for a week it was before like that day yeah and you're just like shitting like all that, over it it was that thursday night or whatever yeah and then and then then you go with the trope the toxic fan trope again we know who the toxic fans are and is not the hardcore fans no it I, like I'm sorry. Like I, I'm a hardcore Star Wars fan. I'm not a gatekeeper for Star Wars. I have a daughter who I have indoctrinated into <laughs> the world of nerd. Um, You're a good man to do that too. You know, it, it's just like she knew the founding members of the Justice League before she could say her ABCs. I feel like that's parenting, right? That's winning at parenting. Um, but she's now like I even asked her. I said, "Hey, have I ever made you feel like you can't like?" like something that i like no that's my wife do you ever feel like you know i'm more into this stuff than you are like do i ever make you feel like you're not like allowed to like it and she's like no you encourage mm-hmm. you know you encourage us you both of us to like what we like even if you don't well what's it's like what did you say last week i mean you you give me shit all the time and i give you shit i'm really happy that you like but no that's exactly I'm what you said very happy that that's exactly what you said and anybody who liked it i'm very happy that you yeah. liked it i'm not in your camp of being the person and that you liked know what it, you're not i'm happy that you have you know what movie. i'm not going to call you the devil for not liking it you know for other stuff maybe but well, i mean not definitely i mean like you know i mean you know come on um but, uh, anyway uh that was a sight gag yeah that you guys don't get to see um anyway but no it, it it's so it, it's things like this right and um this show that never put story first and you know i i'm 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 speaking from from your experience of what you've relate to me watching people talk about it um like when eric july talks about this stuff and you know he goes off on tokenizing a tokenized character Mm -hmm. it it might be my favorite rant that he does oh yeah um so but uh but yeah it's just it's enough like they're gonna have to go to a point where enough is enough and and they're gonna have to start making things for the mainstream again and not for the fringe elements of various fans because of what 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 have we said about you know a lot of this stuff that's going on in the comics a lot of this stuff that goes on in batwoman and these shows the people that they're pandering to don't buy their products right they don't but here's the thing is the people who have kept them afloat mm-hmm. are stopping buying their products yes so here let's let's put this one to bed because mm-hmm. the next story is kind of in the same 
vein. Um, so they're talking. The rumor is, uh, will Monica be the Avengers' new leader? Marvel's producers hint at the possibility. Um, so Monica Rambeau as the leader of the Avengers. I'm just gonna say this. Uh, Tahona Paris is a fine actress. If you're gonna pick an actress from that TV show to put the, the the shoulders of a franchise on, she's the third one that I would pick. Actually, let me rephrase that. She's the fourth one that I would pick. I go Elizabeth Olsen. Mm-hmm. I go Kat Denning. Mm-hmm. I go uh, Catherine, Catherine Hahn. Hahn, and then I go Tahona Paris. Yeah, you know, I, I just like she she was not engaging enough as that character. For me to really want to see any more about her. Yeah, it was the same thing when Captain Marvel came onto the scene and got all of this pub that was not earned in the sense of in the story. Yeah. it And there was the thought that she was going to be the new leader of the Avengers. And very similarly, Brie Larson does not have... I'm not going to use the word. She does not have the strength of character. The gravitas. <laughs> she does not have the... Hold on. The gravitas. Yes, you have to have the... I have to have the pinky up. Yeah. She does not... Well, and I put the monocle on, too. So, you know, yeah. that made up for it. And, and the bowler hat. Well, the top hat's at the cleaner, so... I can do the bowler, not the top hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, neither one of them have... They haven't earned it. Monica hasn't done enough. And again, this has nothing. Necess- Part of it has to do with Tayona Paris's how she brings the character to life. But I think a lot of it has to do with how they wrote the character as well. They didn't do her any favors and she didn't, she wasn't able to bring the material that she was given above what it was. She does not. It's from what we've seen. She does. She does not deserve to be put into the leadership mantle of, you know of the avengers she just doesn't well and she's not a leader right no she's a i i would put her in the camp of the winter soldier she she goes off on her own Mm -hmm. uh she's more of a spider-man spider-man is not going to lead especially Uh, the tom holland spider-man is not going to lead anything um but no uh so from the direct where this comes from um there so we we talked about how jack schaefer said she's a bad comic book reader and you know i don't judge her for that and and i actually we we praised the the what she was able to do without mm-hmm. knowing about this why other people kind of tore apart but she says um so shaver's rundown of monica's mcu history perfectly provides a reminder of how the character is a perfect ally to the avengers i'm not sure where that comes from monica's approach of not attacking wanda is honorable and this seems to mirror the ide- ideology that a hero like Steve Rogers stands for. In many ways, it will be interesting to see how Monica's relationship with other heroes will evolve. Given Sword's prominence and her involvement with Nick Fury, Monica is poised to meet several MCU veterans along the way. At this point, the only time only time will tell if Monica will rise to the occasion to lead Earth's mightiest hero- heroes. But WandaVision provides or proved that she can stand toe-to-toe with the MCU's best and brightest at any given moment. Where? I didn't see that. Like, they they told me that, but they never showed us that. 
And the fact that she gained those spectrum powers instead of the proton powers, instead of the Captain Marvel, Marvel powers. Power. Yeah. Um, like, I think of all of her incarnations, to me, Spectrum is the least interesting. Um, I kind of liked Proton because she was, like, picking up on her mom's mm-hmm. mantle um, in the comics. Photon. Photon, sorry. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Uh, words are hard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, but her not attacking Wanda was not an honorable thing. Like, she, she wasn't she wasn't doing that out of the kindness of her heart because she just didn't want to go about it the way Haywood wanted to go about it. Mm -hmm. You know, she, she, she didn't even want to be there. No, she didn't. So yeah, I I don't, I don't know. And, and, and the, the prominence in her involvement with Nick Fury, we don't know that she's going to see Nick Fury. I mean, again, even I, I, I was assuming that, and I thought Talos because yeah. it was another scroll. Yeah. And, but I, but, and I, you know, the second time someone else mentioned Talos and I don't remember well, who I it was. I mentioned Talos yeah. when we talked about it. Yeah. Okay. But I, I, I assumed it was Nick Fury because the last time we saw Nick Fury in Far From Home, he was on, you know, I don't know if it was a sword station or what, but he was with the scrolls. He was with scrolls. Yeah. So, so. either way, I think, because I think Talos. Talos is running around as Nick Fury. Yeah. So. <laughs> He's running around wearing Nick Fury's face. And so, so who knows who she's going to talk to. Now, here's the thing. I think Monica Rambeau would be a perfect gateway to the Secret Wars. That's what I was going to say, yeah. But, like, not as a leader of anything, but as, like, a catalyst for kicking off the Secret Wars and, and uncovering it and then using S.W.O.R.D. as the shield stand-in mm-hmm. to, you know, help the Avengers fight. Yeah. yeah, and I thought what you just said, uh, you compared her to Bucky as far as being, that was a good comparison because I, I, I thought Bucky and I thought Spider-Man as well, yeah. especially particularly Tom Holland, Spider-Man. Like even, you know, I've read enough Spider-Man, like not a ton, but I've, I've read a good amount of Spider-Man and I'd never looked at him as being a leader of a, a group like the Avengers. I, I think he could, especially like his, but... I, I just I think th- when we're talking like the older versions of Peter Parker, mm-hmm. like the adult, yeah, um, yeah, maybe. But like the the group to me, my the the group I've always enjoyed him as a part of is the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. The few times he's filled in, yeah, and and that's always been nice. And and his his relationship with Johnny Storm is one of my favorite like bro downs, <laughs> uh, in comics. Um, and the the antagonistic way he looks at Ben Grimm as like Johnny does is it's just fun. Um, and at the same time, he's not on the same level as Reed Richards, but he's not far off, you know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I would say if this is the direction they're gonna go with the MCU, they're they're really gonna lose a lot. <laughs> writers there is a recommended article in here michael b jordan's static shock superhero movie adds right writer randy mckinnon so what? any black superhero michael b jordan is gonna play now i guess why are we gonna do deep fake now like so he's gonna be in like five movies at a time My, michael g b jordan is starring the new lando Calrissian <laughs> series on disney plus <laughs> you know like i love michael b jordan oh, I'm, I'm not oh, absolutely like, you do you know yeah. but i like him yeah he's yeah Big fan uh, of his. Yeah, I love him. Anyway, but like, to get back to, to, to like, 
No, Mon- Monica Rambeau is not the right character no. for this. Tona Paris is not the right actress for this. Um, you know, she's a perfectly fine actress. Like, yeah. You know, for what she did, for for what she was given to deal with, I think she she did a, a good job for of, the most part. Of all of all the characters in WandaVision, the only one I think that was had a weaker script for them was Hayward. Yes. And I think she like I think uh Matt what's his name who who directed all the Shackman the, Shackman thank you. Like I think he did her a disservice by not giving her better direction on how to act like a military person. Agree. So um you know and, and that's a nitpick but at the same time it was a nitpick that like when you watch her walk in the economy of waste that comes with her movements especially when she would fight mm-hmm. um it was it was just hard to to believe that she was this like kick ass like super soldier. Like when you look at like what we're gonna talk about with with um, John Walker, um, you know, like I, I thought that uh, Wyatt Russell did a really good job with with a lot of that. Yeah. But anyway, all right, let's move on to Soups and Lolo because we are. Uh, we're running long here. <laughs> so, so we have episode season one, episode five, the best of Smallville, which is a really confusing title considering the, the seminal t- Superman TV show is called Smallville. Yeah. Um, and that's no disrespect to Lois and Clark, the further adventures of Superman. It's just the truth. Um, so this one is interesting. The Harvest Festival comes to Smallville. Jonathan is upset as Eliza breaks up with him. As Jonathan acts out from yelling at Clark about moving back to Smallville. About moving back to Smallville to drinking at the festival. Clark Clark is reminded about the last festival before he decided to move to Metropolis. Sharon comes back to small to the Smallville Gazette with her son Derek, who claims he was in a coma and has suffered from memory loss. Chrissy is immediately suspicious and tracks down Derek after fire breaks out at the Smallville Community Center, which Derek and himself caused due to struggling with powers like Tag. Meanwhile, Captain Luther introduces himself to Lois as Marcus Bridgewater and offers to help Lois with her investigation on Edge. Chrissy finds Derek with Lar, re-exposing him to extra-kryptonite radiation to stabilize his powers. Marcus tries to destroy both Derek and Superman, but only Derek is mortally wounded. Lana presents uh, oh, presents a bench to the town that serves as a memorial to Martha. Martha. <laughs> Marcus sees Lois happy with Clark. Why are they calling him Marcus? That, that's that. Yeah. yeah. So Alex Luther sees Lois happy with Clark and is reminded that the Lois on his, his earth, who is his wife, after a date at the festival, Sarah and Jordan decide to remain as friends. As Jordan is walking away, he's attacked by Tag. Um, I want to talk about the Alex Luther stuff first. Um, when when he's trailing Superman and Derek in the RV, mm-hmm. just the sheer analytical math of how he kept up with them was super impressive, right? The computer is like, if you keep on this heading for 30 seconds, you will intercept them. Yeah. And then he has a freaking bazooka that's able to knock them both out of the sky. It was beautiful. Just like, like it is show like, you know, we, we talk a lot about story and show don't tell. Mm-hmm. It showed us why he is a formidable foe 
That was a lot of alliteration. I had nothing wrong with alliteration. For, for soups, right? Um, because he's got this, you know, Skeets type computer from the from his dimension helping him, you know, do all of this stuff. And I, I thought it was it was a a really good job of showing the kind of peril that Clark is in with a man like this chasing him and not knowing really to because to, to Clark it's just some guy just another just another villain um he doesn't realize how capable he is and then to top it off with the reveal that he was married to lois that sam was his father-in-law yeah um i thought was really kind of cool yeah i thought that was a nice and it 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 actually strengthens kind of his the resolve he has to you know, to take down Superman before he turns bad or what have you or whatever. We're assuming that Superman turns bad. Again, this is one of those things where I, I like looking at it from a different point of view mm -hmm. because, you know, you have unreliable narrators. He's an unreliable narrator because we're only getting it from his perspective. Right. We don't know exactly. And I like that. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it, it makes him, he's obviously the antagonist, but he's not. I like it that he's not doing it for selfish gains in the sense of I want more power, so I want I need to kill Superman. No, he's doing it from the sense that this guy is going to be a threat. I need to do something about it. Well, and we get the added caveat that he's legitimately protecting the woman that he loves. Yes, regardless of how she feels about him. Right. Um. Yeah, I I just I I really I really really liked that, and I like that going into a cliffhanger with you know eight weeks off <laughs> to uh to see what happens um that was really good chrissy getting her lowest lane on in this episode was interesting um i i almost expect i was expecting her to die i, I was too actually. especially knowing that this was a cliffhanger episode i was expecting her well to die or to get infected with x, x kryptonite i thought that might have been a thing too yeah when she was running back to her car after you know catching lar and mm -hmm. was derek yeah, I was like, oh, she's gonna get stomped. Yeah, I thought for sure she was gonna get stomped. So, well, I thought maybe she was getting burned because they both have the heat vision or the laser eyes, as the boys call it. Um, yeah, that woman who plays Sharon is is really just really gets on my nerves for some reason. <laughs> like, it's like I, I I don't know why anyone helps <laughs> helps you. Um. But yeah, I, I just I, I liked that. I, I liked um I I mean like this wasn't the strongest episode. No. Again, like, you know, um like last week, you know, th these weren't as strong as the two previous episodes in the pilot. Um but they're still like still really good. Yeah. Especially for a CW show when you're cuz if you're grading on a curve, um yeah, most CW like yeah, most CW shows that are not not just filler, but when CW shows are bad, they're really bad. I mean, really bad. And this one is, I won't even call it bad. It's just not as strong as its predecessor. It's still good. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. That's the it's thing. It's still good. And it's got me engaged. And it ended on a way where it's like, damn it. Damn it, I have to wait this long? Um. So, yeah, that, that was, that was, that was really good. Um. The rallying of Smallville was very interesting, and and I think 
I think they were trying to do a commentary on Middle America, like you know, people small towns coming together. Mm-hmm. I don't think they got got it quite right, having grown up in a small farming community, um, that has now become like a much larger, diversified community with lots of a lot more advantages and things like kind of like Cobra Kai, <laughs> kind of like Cobra Kai, um, but I, like I, I thought they really tried. Mm-hmm. Right. They really tried to show like how this town festival is important to the community and important to the growth and, and important to making sure that everybody is taken care of. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the fact that Derek purposely or inadvertently, it, it to me, I couldn't really tell um, if he purposely did it or not. I think he just couldn't control his power. Oh, yeah, he couldn't. Control. He just went into the wrong room of the church. Yeah. Um, you know, and, uh, burned all this stuff up. Uh, but then to have Morgan Edge swoop in at the last moment. Yeah. Like, that's where they lost me. Because, again, these people are, if it's, if it's a small community like they show it as, and it's not like Sunnydale, where it's going to just be ever expanding and like, all of a sudden, Smallville you, uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's just, I don't know. It, it was just like, you know, it just seemed really disingenuous and I get what they're trying to do with Morgan edge, but at the same time, I feel like these people would have found a way. Yeah. I think that's where this fails in this because I knew for, I knew that they were going to bring when, when Lana is saying, well, no, everything's okay. Now I was like, they're going to bring the Morgan edge thing in here. Yep. Which, again, if you wanted to show a town like that, if, if you wanted to send the message that these people stick together, these people in, in times of strife can come together and do things that they can't do alone, you would have kept Morgan Edge out of this. But I know they're really trying to, you know, solidify him as this this villainous, you know, billionaire guy. Who obviously he has ulterior motives, which I'm, I, I'm curious in what what his ulterior motives are. Yeah, I I hope it's not as cut and dry as it seems. I really hope it's something a little bit deeper. If it's just ex kryptonite, it's right again that that single dimension mustache twirling, yeah, villain in air quotes. Yeah, and again, I'm one of those I like in for the most part in my villains. To have at least an understanding of where they're coming from. And again, people mistake understanding for agreeing. No. We got that last week with Thaddeus Kilgrave. Mm-hmm. In the in the two and a half minutes of screen time that Brendan Fletcher had. Like, I feel like we understood what Thaddeus wanted, what his beef with Super, Superman was, and how he's going to use Intergang to get what he wants. Right. Yeah. Plain and simple. Um, but yeah, I mean Morgan Morgan Edge in in this instance is the homeless man's Lex Luthor. Pretty much. Plain and simple. Yeah. It's like, come on, come on. Like he's the tokenized Lex Luthor with hair. <laughs> so let's just put it I, that that's way. funny. I didn't even think about it. it. It's so it's so obvious too. Like I didn't even think about that yeah. in that regard. So So um yeah. Like, Lois, I didn't feel like Lois had a lot to do in this episode. No. Other than to just be supportive of everybody, mm-hmm. which is fine. I mean, you know, if, if that's how you're going to 
um, use Bitsy Turlock great. I, I think she she's as we've seen through the rest of the season, she brings so much more to the table. Um, like the date night from last week, mm-hmm. I think was was an amazing example of 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 why she's Lois Lane. Mm-hmm. Um, and then giving Chrissy the the Lois Lane again the the homeless woman's Lois Lane. Uh, moments this week, I, I just feel like it would have been so much more powerful if Lois was covering right. that because I think it adds a, a different kind of stake to it because she knows what that means to to Superman and Clark's safety. And I will say this. if I like that Chrissy forced herself to get out of her comfort zone, sure. but I think it would have been stronger if they would have waited to do something like this with just for her character, not this situation, right. but for her character a few episodes down the line. Yeah. Or maybe even in season two. Yeah. Like, she's a Lois Lane fangirl for sure. But, you know, and Chrissy's a, a fine character. It's just we yeah. don't know enough about her. And right. then to throw her into this situation, it just, it felt, like you said, unearned. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, Clark versus, well, okay. I, I told you my favorite thing about this episode is Superman Nerd Dad. Yeah. Um. And, and that's the subtitle. The nerd dad version of Superman <laughs> is my favorite version of Superman. Uh, the way he dealt with the boys in this episode was was great. I mean, with, with getting Jordan to love Smallville. And it's not just because of Sarah. I mean, no. it's because of that. And then um, understanding, being able to empathize with Jonathan. And then when Jonathan's like, what do you know? He told him the proto-Superman story. Um, where he was stopping crime in Smallville and, and how he was told by his mom, who is not a monster version of Mar- Martha Kent, um, Diane Lane, pay attention. Uh, she was like, you have to go. You have to go help people. You have, you're meant for greater things oh, in the world. Oh, so it's not you don't owe these people anything. No. See, that is where the Snyderverse fails me. It's and the, the fact that the foundational moral characters of Superman and of what is the cornerstone of the shared universe are literal monsters. Yeah. Let the kids die. Supes. And, and it's, and it's die. funny because you know how much I love man of steel. Yeah. And that's anytime you say that I'm always like, yeah, you're right. Well, when I said it to you the first time, you, the, the look on your face was great. Cause you did not see it that way. Yeah. But you know, then thinking back, it's like, I don't, I mean, and again, if we want to get on, you know, the allegory of who Superman is, right. This, you could not have parents to do that. Right. But one of the things I liked in this episode, too, was Jonathan has all, has been by, you know, he's been Jordan's pretty much biggest fan. He's been there for him. And I'm glad that, you know, they made this partially about him in the sense of the issues he's having, he's having to deal with, that he is not, you know, he he's a teenager. And he is having trouble you know his, you know his girlfriend dumps him mm-hmm. over the phone. Yeah, which, you know, in the, school, like in the first bell. Yeah. Um, and I think the other thing to think about is when they were in Metropolis, Jonathan was Superboy. Mm-hmm. He was the star. He was he was the popular one. He was QB one. You know, he was he was Maddie Saracen. Yeah. Right. He he came in and he stepped up, and here in Smallville, he's just another kid who's making a lot of bad choices, and. You know, I, I thought it was great of Clark to recognize, like, hey, he, he's acting out for this reason. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do the right thing 
and give him a break and not just dig into him. Yeah, because even lo- I, I love that scene where, you know, uh, when Jonathan comes in and he apologizes yeah. and, he's, and you know, when Clark says, you know, this is your freebie base or, and then Lois kind of looks at him like it is. Yeah. And, but like a good partner, she doesn't she doesn't tear him down or, you know, uh, take away from from his decision making and undermine him. She mm-hmm. supports him outright. Yeah. This is why they're an amazing couple. This is why when Dan Didio took away all the all the husbands and wives from characters in the comics, mm-hmm. this is why you have these relationships. Because you have these godlike beings, and then you have them married to mortals, mere mortals. Mm-hmm. And that's what grounds them. That's what humanizes them. Yeah, I, that's yeah. what makes like an aspirational character like Superman accessible. Mm-hmm. And not like the comic I was telling you about where I read that Superman is you read the book or you read about it. I read it. Yeah. So, uh, Superman red and blue. If you guys don't know, came out last week and Superman is, uh, fighting in a fake, uh, Soviet bloc country, uh, freeing people from a concentration camp, internment camp, and this country magically has synthetic kryptonite, and I think it was the eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, and they uh, they depower Superman, and they keep him captive and torture and rape him for eight months. And it's like, why you? Why would you do the the, the person who wrote that? I'm not even gonna say their name because they should not be allowed to write existing IP anymore. Because no. they have a fundamental lack of understanding of who and what these characters are, and they have a fundamental lack of what makes comics special. If you want to write your own weird, perverse shit, make your own comic. Make your own stuff. And I don't care if it's an anthology. I mean, it's as bad as the the guy in the the Black Lightning anthology who was talking about Superman is racist. He only saves white people. Superman is an Anglo-Saxon superhero. Is he? Is he? Does he? You know, you're projecting. It's mm-hmm. it's the it's the it's like the children of the atom. That lady projecting and putting herself yeah. in and making the the worst possible tokenized versions yeah. of every character. And it's a fundamental lack of creativity yeah. and vision. Well, it's, again, and we're imagination. Gonna, we're going to invoke the the name of of the great Eric July. It's it's they're they're creatively bankrupt. Hundred percent. I mean, he had a great video today as we're recording this. Was it today or yesterday? Today or I don't. I I watched it today. It was either on Thursday, March twenty fifth, or Friday, March twenty sixth. Young Ripa five nine had a had a great great video about manga is taking off. And manga has introduces new characters that get over all the time, and DC and Marvel can't do that. Yeah. And what happens? Like so, one of I actually just was last week. I think I read one of the the manga writers had another series coming out and they cut it because you know why the series before that didn't sell. Yeah. But yeah, to your point, that's why I love anime so much. It's because, you know, all these anime are coming from manga and like, you know, one punch man came out, you know how, what, maybe three, four years ago, a few years ago. And he skyrocketed my hero (laughs) academia, which is one of my favorite shows. It's great, you know. I just can't get into. It. You, no, no, that's uh, that's like, understandable. You know, and I get people who like it. And I understand, like I, what I've seen. I understand why people who like it like yeah. it. 
but it's just not for like me. Attack on Titan. Another one that's all these my uh, One Piece, which you know that some of these like I've never watched One Piece, but I know a lot of people do. But there are countless examples of this. You know, Full Metal Alchemist from yeah. I mean that's probably about fifteen years ago or something like that. But yeah. all of these are creative and new characters. And I'm not even mentioning like some of the old manga stuff like Dragon Ball Z or whatever. But um Yeah, these people they don't they don't have imagination. They lack imagination. Yeah. So all right, so back to the episode. Uh closing out on Jordan. Jordan had a really interesting arc this this episode mm-hmm. because he had uh Sarah asked him out on a date. She didn't show up. And instead of like getting whiny and mopey and like joining Jonathan and just drowning his sorrows he stuck true to kind of who they're setting him up to be and like he kept his level head he was cool about it when him and sarah were talking like and and she was going over just a fraction of what is happening at home he's like no i get it like you know he wasn't passive aggressive no, he wasn't at all and it was so healthy to see um that made the 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 with tag kidnapping him and beating him as we fade to superman logo all the more powerful because like if he had spent the whole episode like whining and pining and you know uh mm-hmm. being like a twitchy weirdo like it would not make you worry about like oh shit i have to wait until what is it may 13th mm-hmm. until this comes back to find out what happens to him does he does does he have enough power did he get did he get exposed to enough x kryptonite yeah in smallville to 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 be able to fend this off and that's where a lot of these CW shows go the route of the, you know, that soap opera drama in the sense of most shows in on the CW would have been, he would have gotten an attitude. Right. He would have gotten upset. They would have zagged instead of doing the right thing mm-hmm. and zig. And this time they zigged. And, yeah. and again, I think, I think Todd Helbing has, has done a, a really, really good job. So, I mean, this was, uh, this episode was directed by, um, Rachel Talale, uh, in the teleplay was by Brett Fletcher and uh, Nadria uh, Tucker, and then the story was by Todd Helbing. Mm-hmm. So there's been so much consistency from the writer and the director's chairs of, you know, the teleplays are, are by certain writers, but the story is by Todd, mm-hmm. or Todd wrote the whole thing, or... Um, you know, the same director, we've had a couple, of, you know, it's only been five episodes, but, you know, it hasn't been five directors. Um, you know, and, and I think that's important. And, and I don't, I still haven't bothered to look up to see how many episodes this is. I think it's 13. Which is perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I, I hope that's where they stay. Um, I mean, it's already been picked up for a second season. So um, hopefully that's 13 episodes as well. Yeah. But yeah. Um, okay. So out of um, Smallville Harvest Festival, chocolate covered bacon's. Ooh, that sounds good. I know, right? I'm gonna go three and a half again, like last week. Yeah, I'm gonna go the same as what I did last week, three point two five. Yeah. So good episode. Not mm-hmm. great. Serviceable. Has me excited. Like if this was wrestling, this would be the go home episode before the big podcast. This is the go home episode before the hiatus, and um. I will say CW shows typically do this kind of show well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they do. I, I think this one did better than most, and and I'm I'm excited to see what happens. 
I'm really excited with the reveal of uh, Alex and Lois. That I thought that I was, really like that. That was just really, really good, and and something that could have been handled much worse than it was, but they did a really good job with it. Yeah. So, all right, let's move on to uh, Bucky and uh, what's Samo. Sam Samo. Can you call him Samo? Yeah. I mean, you could call him Samo. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> anyway uh so yeah this was the uh the star spangled man uh so this episode opened different than any of them we've had so far and i really appreciated that we got the previously on we got to we got to to spend time directly with john and i i really liked that i really thought that that was a a wise choice to show him in his old stomping grounds. Um, I don't know. Have you ever gone back to your old locker room? No. So I haven't either. So like, but I could imagine what I would feel if I walked into that locker room. Um, and I liked when he peeled the name off and his yeah plate, like his, his, his metal plate was still there. Um, I, I, I will say he is the poor man's, uh, Steve Rogers mm-hmm. and uh, his buddy there is the homeless man, Sam Wilson. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and I know I've used that analogy a couple times in this episode, but it's been very true and apropos. Um, Might have to na- t- uh, retitle the episode. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, um, yeah, th- th- there was, there was so much good stuff in this episode um, compared to last week. Uh, we're not going to get like super deep into it. I will say there was really good action. Um, we finally got Sam and Bucky together, and I don't. We'll, we'll talk about that during the commentary. Um, getting to meet John and and understand that he's a good man who has been put in an impossible situation, and the failure that is going to proce- that will precede him. Um, or come because of him. Sorry, perceive him isn't the right word. That will come from become because of him is truly heartbreaking. Because I I think Wyatt Russell like made you kind of like him a little bit. Yeah, uh, I will say he looks like he's got a dip in Wyatt Russell. The way his his like the st- structure of his jaw looks like he's got like the ta- tobacco in his lip. <laughs> um, you know, a little dip packet. But he was um. I I, I I liked him. I liked him as this role. Um, you know, it's unfortunate that the introduction of him at the end of the first episode was such a horrible anger ang- angle that he looked like Carl from Up um, <laughs> yeah. in the Captain America mask. Um, but yeah, I, 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 you know, I, I don't know. We we learned a lot. A lot happened. Um, there was no Joaquin this week, which made me sad. Um, he was but, in it for like three seconds. Yeah, so I wouldn't count that. Yeah, like that's not enough. That's not enough Joaquin time. Um, he's their guy in the chair. So, <laughs> um, but but yeah, I it's we learned more about the villains. Um, Infus Nest is the bad guy. Um, Infus Nest is a, a tokenized version of a of a male character. Yes. So, and uh, there was some, some, as you put it, 
before while we were eating dinner some some serious virtue signaling that happened in this episode and i i don't we had it last episode we have it this episode i don't like the way it's going with that um it's not needed that's that's the thing yeah there are certain things that you can put that, you know, that are true to life that happen organically mm-hmm. in a show. And the two examples that we've been given so far, you know what? Yes, stuff like this happens, but it did not happen organically in the con- confines of the show and what was going on. You saw it coming from a mile away just because and and that's not good that the minute the police car pulled up yeah you knew what was going to happen i will say we're not going to spoil who this new character that was introduced in this episode was but when 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 bucky was like it's the guy with the arm you know yeah. like that was great and i like i i i did not expect it to be this person um i didn't think they'd go there um but yeah i don't know um, the Flag Smashers are an interesting group. The one guy, uh, the one Flag Smasher sacrificed himself mm-hmm. um, to to get away, which was uh, which was interesting with the Power Brokers. Um, I think having uh, Carly uh, Morgenthau, Morgenthau, I don't I know how, how they spread out, yeah. Uh, so the character, so she's the group leader of the Flag Smashers, which in the comics it's Carl Morgenthau, and he was Flag Smasher, and he was the leader of the Flag Smashers. Um, it, it's 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 just another example of like why, yeah, you know, like I get it, like I get I get you want to have more of everything mm-hmm. in all of this and less of what the canon of the character is um but i mean they still haven't even shown a sharon carter yeah they mentioned her finally yeah but we haven't seen her how about you you give us sharon instead of as the the liaison with the team with with sam and um you know in that i like my my one gripe my one real gripe besides the virtue signaling stuff is the jetpacking that happened in this episode the way they were able to make it around the world mm, yeah and usually that's one of those things that unless it's like overly gratuitous like it was in this episode i i discount right game I, of thrones was yeah. really bad especially the last couple the, seasons the last two seasons of game of thrones was really like bad. they had they, just, they had transporter technology well considering they the, like the previous six seasons five seasons no six seasons they they spent like the entire half of a season walking on the King's Road to get from King's Landing to Winter or Winterfell to King's Landing, mm-hmm. you know it's like things like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's yeah. This one had some good moments. I, I and the other thing I told you is I I really like the chemistry between Sam and uh, Bucky, but yeah. at the same time they're. There was a little bit too much of the haha. This yeah. was funny comedy, little snark type stuff. Yeah. And also, while I understand the anger that both of those guys would have for how the government did in picking another Captain America. Yeah. The way they treated, you know, John Walker 
was absolutely dickish and unnecessary. Oh, yeah, I mean they were they were elitist. Yeah, you know, they, they were, were like snobs. Yeah, they, they were, were like ten year olds. Yeah, and they they were well, they are like ten. Well, they are like ten year olds. So yeah. let's be honest. Uh, the meme: How old are you? Right? Have you yeah. seen that? And the next thing is one hundred and six. Yeah. You know? So um, but yeah, no, you're right. And and actually, the way they treated um Lamar, Lavar, Lamar, Lamar, yeah. Uh, I thought was even worse. Yeah, it's like you know, come on, you're the you're 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 the other guy's sidekick. Yeah, and when he's like, oh yeah, I'm the I'm the I'm his Sam Wilson, and it's like yeah, all right. And then when Sam uh, gets upset, where he's like, hey, I could use, you know, Captain America's wingman. Yeah, there is nothing denigrating about that. No, you have wings. Dude, you're a man. You just talked about your wingman that got blown out of the sky in in Winter Soldier. Yeah, you're lucky. Your name is falcon and not wingman yeah there is <laughs> there there was nothing uh denigrating about him calling uh john calling him captain america's wingman yeah that is a that's an honor yeah and for him to take it like that that was just so petty to yeah me. i it was it's funny because like we talked about last week they did not need to humanize sam the way they did yeah and i think they made him a more angry militant character and and that's he's never not, been that in the in the in the in the MCU. He has, but it's been the recent MCU, like the all new, all different. No, I mean like, like the MCU, the movies. Oh, sorry, MCU. Sorry, I yeah. meant comics. But yeah, no, in the movies, he's been the like the like, optimist almost. Like I'm the like as much as Hawkeye is, you know, the human face of the the Avengers. I think Sam is right there with him as mm-hmm. like maybe even more so, um, because you know he got beat by Ant Man. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just one of these things, and and then with Bucky, you know, the the like Angel said, my wife, um, she wants to just see a show of him in therapy. Yeah, and it's like, well, yeah, I mean, watching him in therapy with flashbacks to what he did, that would be an amazing show. But like, that show's gonna get old after four episodes. Yeah, you know, I you know, but I like the woman who plays the therapist. Yeah, I really like her. I like the relationship she has. I like that she served with John. <laughs> that yeah. was that was a nice touch. Um, but yeah, I mean, part of part of the downfall that's going to happen to John Walker has to do with the power brokers. Um, but also will have to do directly with the way that Sam Wilson treated him. Um. I think Bucky is partially to blame, mm-hmm. but I don't think I, I think there are excuses to be made for Bucky. That, oh, absolutely. You know, he's 106. He doesn't understand the world. He was a brainwashed super soldier for you know, 90 nine years. years. Um, he he's a he's a man out of time. You yeah. know um, what? I would like to see the outcome of this is for Bucky to to actually take on the U.S. agent role and take the shield. Because he he's been so, he was so adamant about Sam, like you let Steve down. Mm-hmm. Steve gave you a mission, and you you failed him. Mm-hmm. And and maybe that's why Sam is a little more militant. But at the same time, it's like, dude, you 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 let your best friend down. You know, you 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 stood up there and you said those flowery words about him. But there was no depth to that. Yeah. Because 
if you know who Captain America was as well as you did, you know he would not have given something to something like this to you lightly. No. And instead of especially because like Bucky is actually a little more of a natural choice, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, and, and hopefully, and to your point with what's going on with what's going to happen with John Walker, I really hope that from his character arc standpoint, Sam Wilson owns up to his part in when shit goes sideways. Yeah. So. I will say uh, Sam slash Anthony Mackie had my favorite line of the whole show. When Bucky was sneaking around, he goes, look at that, <laughs> a regular old white panther. And uh, Bucky goes, it's it's white wolf, actually. And he's like, wait, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> I love that. Like, I want them to dig more into his time at Wakanda. I want Sam to dig into his time at Wakanda yeah. and, and, and kind of figure some of that out. So, um, because, yeah, I mean, like, he can't he's gotta fight um i did like the other thing too when, when bucky's like what was that second rule again because <laughs> yeah. he's gonna hurt some people yeah he's gonna hurt them bad yeah um i will say this show is beautiful it looks amazing this is this is a mate uh, incredible it's incredible you know, um you know it, just like last week it was 49 minutes runtime. I think we actually got a little more actual screen time because of the way it started. The band music playing the Star Spangled Man with a plan uh, going through the Marvel logo, I thought was a great touch. Um, And yeah, the only people who don't like John Walker are Sam and Bucky. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. And, And, you know, it's like... And it has nothing to do with what he did. No, they could welcome like here's the thing though is I don't want them to just welcome him with open arms. Yeah. I want there to be some form of distrust. But like we got to see a training montage and it's like he's not a super soldier, like by any stretch of the imagination, but he is a pinnacle of human mm-hmm. uh, oh, of absolutely. human athleticism. And and it, it was it was great to it was really great to see, especially when he was doing the shield and everything and you know, that thing really does not follow the laws of physics. Um, Peter was right, but one of my favorite lines in yeah, MCU, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, this this is just a, it. This is a, this is a this is an interesting show, right? I, I'm not ready to say this is a great show. I, I have some friends who are like this. This is this was so much better than Wandavision because it's so MCU. I was like, mm. actually, Wandavision was a little more MCU than than you're giving it credit for. Um, I don't think this is as creative as WandaVision. Oh no. I think this is this is the Marvel by the numbers formula um of everything. And I think the introduction of Zemo I'm either gonna love it or hate it. Yeah, I I'm actually I, I was thinking Zemo was gonna come in in a different way, to be honest. Um like breaking out of the raft and or something along those lines. As far as the show as a whole, it has a lot of potential. It's more straightforward, and we knew that. We said that even before it started. And you're like, well, WandaVision gave you this, like, you know, it's a very creative way from start to finish. This is going to be more along the lines of something like a Winter Soldier, that espionage drama, but a little bit more. I feel like this is closer to Civil War than Winter Soldier. I was going to say a little bit more straightforward. Yeah. 
um, which is not, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Not bashing it at all. Um, but I knew what I was going to get. I, and there are certain things I'm wor- wary about. And it's some of the virtue signaling that they've done so far. I'm hoping that I want to see them get into the plot and yeah. to these characters more and, and, and not try to relate everything to 2021 or whatever you want to call it. No, that, it's actually 2023 or four something. or something like that. So that's, that that's because again, I love Anthony Mackie. I'm, I'm, I really like him. You know, the only thing I really didn't like him in, um, and Alter he did, Carbon. yeah, he did okay in it, but Alter Carbon season two was just bad. And Sebastian Stan like him too. And I love their chemistry. I'm just hoping that the story does those two characters justice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think they're, they're a great team together. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and maybe, maybe, you know, it's the second episode, right? Let's mm-hmm. let's give it some time. Right, but at the same time, like it's only it's only four. six episodes. Yeah, I was we've about only to say. got four to go. So yeah. So yeah, I, I don't I don't know. Um. So let's say out of bullet-ridden flag smashers, <laughs> out of five, what do you give this one? I give it a three. It's um again, good. It was good action. You know, it was some good. There were some great moments of levity, but I thought it was a little too much and too forced. I I, I really enjoyed the introduction of John Walker's character and how they showed that and the things he's saying. As far as you no, know, I don't. I'm not trying to be this Captain America. Right. And he didn't say. He didn't just say that to you know when he was on stage. He didn't just say that to no, Sam and he Bucky. Was to anyone he was saying yes, yeah. So and that's what I appreciated about his character. Um, I'm really curious to see how. How close things play to what we got in the comics. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, right now in the comics, you know, we're, we're about to get the Steve Rogers, Sam Wilson, John Walker, hard-traveling heroes looking for Cap's stolen shield coming across every tokenized version of Captain America you could ever think of. Um, and that's not a good thing. No. Uh, you know, I, I would give this one a... Th- 3.25 i'd go a little bit higher mm-hmm. um because of some of the comic book deep cuts yeah there were um, and some of those i knew some of them i didn't which i enjoy uh but at the same time the one big surprise i i think i don't i don't know what to think about it yeah i, I, I think it's a it's an interesting character it's not necessarily a character who's going to be well known. And I think it's a character that will be more problematic to the normie MCU universe mm-hmm. than um, is necessary. It'll be divisive. Yeah. And it was funny because like right when he said the character's name, I told you, I was like, I couldn't remember the character's last name. Yeah, and I was like, I'm pretty sure they're doing him. They're they're doing that. So. I was I was really when he said the name, I knew. Who, well, when he was talking about when Bucky was talking about what he had done to this person, I, I figured out who it was, and I was like, oh, I don't like, I don't know. I love the actor that they picked, mm-hmm. so I think this is a meaty role for him. So I'm excited to see more. Mm-hmm. But as far as 
character goes, the the anthology he was introduced in hasn't like aged any better. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't know. All right. Um, well, cool. Anything else? Next week, Kong versus Godzilla. Uh, yeah, and we have Invincible. We'll do the first three episodes later this week. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, if you are liking this, head over to YouTube and like and subscribe. Uh, we're trying to grow that. If we can get uh, some more subs and a few more, I guess, views, uh, we're going to start doing like kind of midweek you know or not midweek like just weekly daily uh individual uh posts between daryl and i so you know we're, we we want to definitely grow grow that out and, and, and talk about more stuff than just kind of the weekly and the the odd bonus episode so yeah just kind of check that out uh head over to infamouspodcast.com there's the link there um and yeah all right all right Cool. Well, thank you all for listening. We will talk to you later. See ya. The Infamous Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. You can find new episodes every Sunday on Apple Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, our website, or anywhere podcasts are downloaded. This show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. To find more information about the show, visit us at infamouspodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Infamous Podcast to keep up with the show. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash infamouspodcast. We have some great rewards for our patrons and are looking for help to grow the show to bring you more of the content you want to hear. Music for this podcast is provided by Michael Henry from memichaelhenry.com. So, whenever you're listening to us, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.